pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Turn with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at the first through the third verse. Oh, children, you're dismissed. Miss Laura got them, so thank you, Miss Laura. Take all the help I can get. Hebrews 11, 1. I want to talk to you about faith tonight, but I want to share with you some nuggets that I dug up in the Word of God. How many knows when you digging for something, you keep digging till you find it, right? Yeah. The same thing with nuggets in the Word. You keep digging in the Word, and God will give you a nugget every now and then, a revelation, a rhema. In Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, faith, for by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. You know, many people believe that Hebrews 11.1 1 is a definition for faith. If you ask some preachers, say, you know, what is faith? Well, don't you know Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I don't believe Hebrews 11.1 1 is the definition of faith. I believe Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us what faith does. Amen? And uh, it talks about it being the substance of things hoped for. But this isn't the kind of hope that we think it is like, you know, we wish. You know, hoping is like wish. I hope so. I hope I get a new car. I hope that it's not that kind of faith. Uh, this is a firm persuasion. This is something that you're believing for. And faith is the substance of that hope. And uh, the word substance has to do with something under, like sub, submarine, under the marine. It's a, it's a vessel that goes under. And it also has to do with a foundation because uh, faith undergirds the things that you're hoping for. Faith provides a foundation for what you're hoping for, what you're believing God for. So faith is the substance or the undergirding or the foundation for your hope. It gives substance. It brings substance to the thing that you're hoping or believing God for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So this is something you don't have yet. Faith brings it from the unseen realm, the spirit realm, into the seen realm, the natural realm, where you can get your little mitts on it. Amen? Amen. So our faith brings the things we can't see into the realm of the seen, and the things we're believing for in the spirit come into manifestation, or in other words, they manifest themselves in the natural. Yes. But how? The same way that God 
frame the worlds. He spoke words. He said, let there be light, and there was light. So everything responds to the word of God, the spoken word of God. And how many believe everything God ever spoke, he spoke with faith. God has no faithless words. And the thing about the word of God is that when we believe the word of God and we quote the word of God and we confess the word of God and uh, we're believing God for something and we're confessing the word, well, faith is already built into that word. We put too much effort into what do I have to do to have faith? Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So all you got to do is hear the word. Believe it. That's faith. Believing the word is faith. Speaking it is a trigger to, the, to your faith. So we got to speak the word just like God did. It's the spoken word. Now let me, let, let me read Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 in the Passion Translation. It says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. So it's the foundation. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith, verse 2, is what previous generations were commended for. Finally, verse 3, it says, Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke in the invisible realm, gave birth to all that is seen. See, when God spoke things into existence, we couldn't see them until he spoke them into existence, and then they became seen to us. They went from the unseen realm of the spirit into the seen realm of the natural. And so God spoke, and it was so, just like the song we, we sang tonight. But I want you to notice another thing, and that is the word now. We need to spend some time on this word because I think we've just skimmed over it in the past. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But maybe we should not skim over it like that. Maybe we ought to, I don't know, camp there for a minute. Now faith, now faith is, now faith is, now faith is, now, now, faith is now. It's now faith. So instead of saying now faith is a something, no, now faith, present tense faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And this is the little nugget that we need to consider. Now is telling us the realm that faith dwells in. Faith dwells in the now realm. And faith is always in the present tense. It's not something that's out there in the future. And it's the difference between I'm believing for something to happen uh, and I believe it's already happened. I'm believing to have this manifestation to I have this manifestation. Uh, are you crazy? I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it either. It's still in the unseen realm. 
but faith is going to bring it into the seen realm. Uh, so I'm going to keep on speaking. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on acting as though I have it right now already. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that I can't see yet. But I believe I have them now. You know, when Jesus prayed for people or laid hands on them, he never told them to come back next week. He never said, you know, come back in 30 days and let's see what happens. No. His faith was always in the now. When Jesus laid hands on somebody, it was now faith. Now, some, some were healed as they went. Some were healed in the self-same hour. Some recovered. But it wasn't because of his faith. It was because of their faith. His faith is always in the now. It's always present tense. It's always as though it's already happened. And, and, you know, we have to remember this. It's not about God's ability. He is able. Nothing's impossible for him. It's about our faith. Where is our faith? Do we have now faith or are we always constantly believing that I'm going to get it? It's somewhere out there in the future. No, it's now. Faith is now. You either have it or you don't. And it has nothing to do with what you can see yet. Hallelujah. My uh, iPad was dying, so I printed it real quick for <laughs> in case my iPad died. I'd have my notes, but. Now faith believe, causes you to believe that you have it now, present tense, not somewhere out in the future. And, and uh, if we could just get into now faith, it would change things for us. Pastor Ed and I have been working on it for a while. I've been working on it for a while. I haven't, I haven't really had this rhema for long. I haven't had this revelation for a long time. I tinkered with it in the past, but now I'm trying to make it a reality in my life. And I'm constantly correcting myself. And if I miss it, Pastor Red corrects me. But, you know, no, no, you're not going to get it. You got it. And so I'm trying to keep my faith in the now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Mark 11:24, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And we've been over this before. We understand this. We know that you believe when you pray, not when you see it. You don't have it yet. Otherwise, you wouldn't be praying for it. Why pray for something you already have? So you don't have this yet, and yet Jesus told us, believe that you received when you pray. So as soon as I get on my, off of my knees from the time I say amen to the time I say hallelujah, there it is, I'm just praising God and thanking God for it. Amen. I'm not wondering where it is. I'm not wondering when it's going to appear. I've already got it. That's now faith. Amen. Jesus was teaching us now faith. Yes. Listen to it in the TPT, the, the Passion Translations. Jesus said, this is the region, reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it. And it will be yours. When? When you get it? No, when you prayed for it, when you asked for it. 
believe that it's done. Believe that you've already got it. Brother Hagen says if you pray 10 times, it might have been more or less. I don't know about the numbers, semantics, semantics. But he said if you pray 10 times for the same thing, you prayed nine times in unbelief. Why? You didn't believe you got it when you prayed for it the first time. So now faith is I believe I receive when I prayed, when I asked. That's when I received it. And then you have to align your life with that you have to go around instead of saying it's coming one of these days no i have it now and so you begin to just thank god for every time it comes to your mind and and you want to pray for it again don't pray for it again just thank god for it because if you believed you received when you prayed you wouldn't be asking again because that would be unbelief you're back to ground zero again No, now faith. Can you take a little more? Mark, the fifth chapter. I want to show you an outstanding example. It's a woman with the issue of blood. We're all familiar with, with this story. We've preached it. We've read it. We've meditated on it. I don't know how many times. It's familiar to all of us. But in verse 25 of chapter 5, it says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. How many knows this is a woman at the end of her rope? There's nothing else for her to do. She's been to all the doctors. She spent all her money. The insurance companies won't pay for another x-ray. And instead of getting better, she was getting worse. And then in verse 27, it says, When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. That was her confession. That was her spoken word. I don't know exactly what she heard about Jesus, but she heard something that brought her enough faith to get her to move, get into the crowd that was following Jesus, get through it, press through it. That's what it means, uh, come behind in the press. She was pressing through that crowd just to get to Jesus' garment and touch him because she kept saying, if I could just touch but the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. I will be whole. Words. She heard words and she spoke words. She heard faith-filled words. If they came from Jesus, she heard faith-filled words filled with now faith, and she began to speak words with faith. You know, you can say something of your own volition, Or you can repeat something that Jesus said. Now, there might be some faith in what you say, but I know there's faith in what Jesus says. And there is now faith in what Jesus said. That's why the spoken word is so important. Uh, If you say the same things that Jesus said, then it's it's exactly as though Jesus was speaking the words out of your mouth. They carry the same 
weight, the same power, the same anointing. And another thing we need to notice about faith is just like this woman with the issue of blood, faith is always moving. Faith is progressive. Faith is never stagnant. Faith is constantly going forward. In other words, there's no plan B with faith. If you're in faith, why would you be looking for a plan B? If you're in faith, especially now faith, why would you be praying for the same thing over and over and over and over? It's like when you pray for salvation for a family member or a loved one or a friend or a co-worker. You know, there's got to be a point at, uh, where you just finally say, amen. He's yours, Jesus. She's yours, Jesus. And every time it comes to your mind, just start thanking God for it. Thank God that they're saved. They could still be in the honky-tonks. They could still be sniffing things and taking things and drinking things and carousing. But you're like praising God because they're saved. As far as you're concerned, they're saved. Amen. Amen. And so that's the way our faith has to be. Not a plan B. Not when you see them staggering out of the bar or whatever, or falling out of the car trying to find the the, the door to the house, uh, and say, I knew this wasn't working. He just beyond being saved. He just this, he just that. No, just start thanking God. While he's crawling up the sidewalk, find, trying to find the door, just start thanking God that he's saved. He's born again. He's in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this woman could have just stayed home. She could have stayed on the sofa in her weakened condition and just pray that Jesus come to the house. Pray, Jesus, come to the house and heal me. But we learned Sunday that the manifestation takes place where? In his presence. And it's better if you seek his presence than it is for him to come and be in your presence. The manifestation is in his presence. And when she heard about Jesus and everything he's doing, her faith got stirred up. Her faith got moving. Her faith motivated her in her weakened condition. I mean, an issue of blood, 12 years, she had to be weak. She had to be weary. She had to be desperate. She had to be at the end of her rope. And yet she moved because faith moved her. Faith moved her. So faith will move you towards something that seems impossible to you, and it will have you confessing something that you're believing God for that you know you can't help. You know, uh, T.D. Jake said this one time, you know, we waste our faith on things. We pray and ask God for, a, I don't remember if it was a toaster or a toaster oven or something, uh, uh, we pray and we believe God and we grit our teeth and say, God, I need a toaster oven. He says, go out and buy your stupid toaster oven. Don't be bothering God for that. Ask God to do impossible things. Don't ask him to do something that you can do. I had to get my blood sugar down this week. And it was pretty high because I just been laying around resting and, uh, haven't been able to do a whole lot with it because of uh, uh, weakness and because I was on steroids and just wasting my time trying to control blood sugar while I'm on steroids because it goes crazy. 
But I moved by faith <laughs> towards that stationary bike upstairs on the second floor. <laughs> and it was an effort for me to make the stairs. Then walk the ramp to the bedroom or to the exercise room, get on that bike. And yesterday I did uh, two and a half miles in 20 minutes. It is great, but it's pitiful for me. Because <laughs> I would do uh, five miles in 25 minutes or so. So that was yesterday. But my blood pressure, my blood sugar came down real good. Still not acceptable. So I, I'm watching my diet. And then today I went back upstairs. And I did a little better today. I went 22 minutes, two minutes longer, but I went 1.7 miles further. So then I come down, took, took my, my blood sugar again, and it, it's, it's getting, it was like 167, right, baby? And I need to get it down, you know. Yeah, it was 385 when I started. So, But these are things that I could do. I could have sat in that chair and ask God, filling my face with carbs and ask God to lower my blood sugar. God says, sure, as soon as you do what you could do. And that's just like the woman with the issue of blood, you know. Faith moved her. And she moved into that crowd. And I, I could just imagine how she felt. She had to be terrified. I mean, she's, she's weak. She's probably crawling along half the time, getting pushed and kicked and shoved on. But she was so determined, her faith kept moving her f forward towards Jesus until she touched the hem of his garment and got what she wanted. You got you to gotta respect this woman. So faith moves you towards something that seems impossible and it will have you speaking and confessing something that only God can do. Yes, now, when I've perfected my diet and I've perfected my exercise and I'm doing it on a consistent and regular basis and my blood sugar still ain't where it belongs, I can say, all right, God, now it's your turn. I did everything I can in the natural, and now I'm asking you to do something that's impossible for me but very easy for you, and God will do it. God will step in and do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you a modern-day parallel to the woman with the issue of blood. You know, Jesus gave us a great commission. In Mark 16, 15 through 18, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Who? The sick will recover. Who lays hands on them? The believers. Yes. You and I. If you're a believer... You're anointed to lay hands on people, and they shall recover. So this is the main reason that we have healing lines in charismatic churches. I don't know. I've seen them in Catholic churches. My mother got in a healing line in a Catholic church. 
had a healing priest come through. He's a traveling priest. They call him the healing priest. I don't remember his name, but uh, she, because it was a priest, she believed in it. So she got in that healing line. And, uh, but this is the main reason that we have healing lines in the charismatic church is so we can lay hands on people so that they can recover. And I've misunderstood healing lines for years. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But this woman with the issue of blood reminds me so much of a healing line and the attitude that we need to approach that healing line with. She teaches us many things about faith. We can glean a lot of things about faith from this woman. But one of the main things she shows us is how to approach a healing line. How to approach Jesus. How to get into Jesus' presence. And most people approach the healing line thinking, well, I'll give this thing a try. Pastor preached an inspiring message, and, uh, you know, there might be some truth to this thing, so I'm going to give it a shot. Or they'll approach saying, I sure hope this works. I sure hope I get healed. But it's not the kind of hope that we were talking about in Hebrews 11.1. 1. The substance of things hoped for. It's not that kind of hope. This is, I'm, I wish that I could get healed. I sure hope pastors are anointed today. I sure hope pastors have some faith today. And that's the attitude they approach the healing line. You might as well stay in your seats. You're going to get nothing. You might get healed through the gifts of the Spirit, but it won't be because of your faith or my faith or the anointing or anything else. It's a gift. That could happen. But you can get healed just like this woman did if you approach the way you're supposed to approach and you believe. So we should approach a healing line just like we would approach Jesus. This is the lesson she shows us. We should approach this just like this woman with the issue of blood. And it should be our faith that's moving us, not curiosity, not uh, I hope so, not uh, peer pressure, because the pastor looked right at me. I better get up in that healing line. No, you're wasting your time. Uh, we should be going toward the healing line confessing. Just like this woman did. That's the example she gives us. She came behind in the press, confessing, speaking the word. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Not I might be, not I will be. Someday I shall be whole. When? When I touch his garment. And you know what? She could have got healed without even touching him. She was, she was obviously a covenant child. She had healing in the covenant. In Exodus 15, 26, God says, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your physician. But that's not where her faith was. Her faith was in touching the hem of Jesus' garment, and Jesus met her right there where her faith was. That's what's so great about Jesus. He meets us where our faith is. Hallelujah. But we should be going towards that healing line, confessing, as soon as pastor lays hands on me, I shall be whole. I shall be healed. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The word says that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And here's where I had a problem for years. 
still struggle with it a little bit. I take too much responsibility for the healing line. And I feel like if somebody doesn't get healed, I had something to do with them not getting their healing. But then I realized one day that I'm not the healer. I'm the point of contact for the anointing. And, you know, you come up here, I lay hands on you. The anointing is transferred from heaven through me to you. And your faith is what gets you healed. Your faith is, get, is what gets you delivered or what you need. And it was the same with the woman. Jesus didn't say, my faith has made thee whole. He said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and sin no more. Yes. Thy faith. Yes. I'm telling you, every time people uh, try to put things on Jesus, well, it, this just wasn't my day. This, uh, you know, uh, Jesus didn't push the button when pastor laid hands on me, so nothing happened. Well, no, nothing happened. You had no expectation of something happening. You had no expectation of recovering after hands were laid on you. And I've seen people come up, and they did have an expectation, but because it didn't happen instantly, they went back to their seat, downtrodden, and it just didn't work. This, isn't, this wasn't my day. No, what about recovering? Hang in there. Keep confessing. Believe that you receive. Start thanking God for your healing. Get on that bike and go two and a half miles. Then the next day, go three miles. Then the next day, go three and a half and four and five until you get up to where you used to be before you were sick. Amen. 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 We want to leave everything up to Jesus or the pastor. And if something doesn't work, it's never our fault. It's their fault. Well, I don't stress over it anymore. But Jesus was the point of contact to the anointing. But it was her faith that made her whole. It was her faith that healed her. Her faith drew that anointing out. And to the point where Jesus felt it. And he said, who touched me? And what he was saying was, who touched me with enough faith to draw the anointing from me? And, uh, you know, we think, well... Maybe, maybe not. But it said that hundreds of people were not only touching him, but thronging him. So let me ask you this question. How many of them got healed? None. They were all touching, but only one got healed. And who was it? The woman that touched him with the hand of faith. The woman that was moved by faith. The woman that came behind in the press confessing and speaking the word and saying, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Shall be whole. And what happened when she touched the hem of his garment? She got exactly what she was confessing, exactly what she was believing for. Again, I'm not, I'm just a minister. I'm just the point of contact. I'm not the healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can agree with you. I can join my faith with you. There's power and agreement, but I'm not the healer. Amen. Yeah, like Pastor S said, the healer's in the house. He's always in the house. Uh, let me give you an example of something here. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. 1 Peter 2, 24. That's the foundational scriptures for healing. There's hundreds of healing scriptures in the Bible. Yeah. 
this is the foundational scriptures. Most of us know them uh, pretty well, but, you know, uh, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows or our sicknesses and pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah, some 800 years before Jesus even came on the scene, he prophesied that. He said it in faith. But where was his faith? He said, we are healed. Isaiah was speaking with now faith. He didn't say we'll be healed when Jesus comes in 800 years and he takes the stripes on his back and he hangs on the cross and he pays for the price for redemption. Then we'll be healed. No, he says we are healed. And then Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says that they came to him in the evening and brought him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast the spirits out with his word and healed all that were sick. That's the manifestation of what Isaiah said we are healed for. Jesus fulfilled that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He proved it. He fulfilled it. When? Then. Now. His faith was now. And then Peter, and 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So are healed, did get healed, were healed. So when were you healed? Some 2,000 years ago. So what does your faith have to do? It has to bring it into the now. We don't have to struggle for things that Jesus already struggled for. We don't have to pay the price for things that Jesus already paid for. We don't have to bear the things that Jesus bore. We don't have to carry the things that Jesus carried. He carried them for us. All we have to do is believe and walk in them. When? Now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We got to bring it into the here and now. Yes. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you if you concentrate on this, you're going to find yourself uh, you're going to find yourself being corrected a lot. Because yes. we're so used to yes. I'm waiting for the manifestation. Yes. We even make jokes about it. I prayed about it, but I'm waiting for the man from the station. Yes. No. Did you pray and ask for something you desired? Then believe that you received it and you shall have it. I don't care what it is, if it's God's will. You know, if we pray according to his word, he says that we'll have the things that we petition him for. Because we know when we pray according to his word, he hears us. He has to hear us. It's his word. So when we pray according to his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we can have the confidence that we'll have the petitions that we desire them because we're praying according to his will, according to his word. Hallelujah. 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 One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah 55 and 11, where he talks about the rain and the snow coming down from heaven and returning not thither, but it watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth 
uh, to, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And he says, so is my word, or so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Yeah. Healing pleases the Lord. And he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction, Psalms 107.20. So he sent his word to heal. He sent a healing word. And he said, it shall not return unto me void. It will accomplish that which I please, and that's your good health. And it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. But I have to receive that word. I have to water it by keeping it before my eyes and meditating on it on a regular basis, and it will produce what God sent it to produce. Yes, sir. It has to. It can't return to him void. Yes, it can't go back to heaven and say, I didn't accomplish what you sent me to do. Yes, it will accomplish it. Yes, it, will. it will be pleasing to the Lord. Yes. It will prosper you in where he sent it to. Amen? Amen. So let's get in the now faith. Let's stop believing for things to be in the future. If you pray it, believe it. Stand on it. Don't be moved. Don't be moved by what you hear, what you see, what other people say. Uh, somebody makes fun of you. It doesn't make any difference. I will not be moved. I'll only be moved by the word of God. Amen. Amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord. 